Are you working? What kind of work do you do? What's really good though? It's your boy Choi, and this is Trauma, episode two. Before we get into the episode, I wanna take a quick minute to thank everybody out there that's showing us support. There is mad love out there, and we appreciate every single one of you that's liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing what we're doing here. Today's episode, we get into the life, um, or into the topic of pastors, really. Now, this episode was recorded two days after the horrible Atlanta massacre. So just as a heads up, that's how we start out. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Hey, yo, I'm gonna be a that's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome back to episode two, everybody. Welcome back, Sam. Wow, we made it to episode two. I know, we're here. We're here. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a little bit about you and oh. just and pastors, mm. right? Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say most people, I know for me at least, my experience with my pastors, especially towards college, it's not very good. Mm. Um, mm. And in some ways, I'm going to come at pastors a little bit, but I know that I don't have the full story, mm. right? Like, it, it's, it's just one perspective, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, and there are a ton of things that people don't know. Uh, but at the same time, I know something about myself is, like, I, I'm, I put a lot of weight into leaders, right? Whether that be, whether you're a parent, a CEO, a pastor, right. um, everything starts top down, inside out. Mm-hmm. And I just have never been given the room to really question, poke holes, and be like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So, um, one, room to do that. But two, like, again, I don't know everything. So I'm sure yeah. there are things that, like, I was just completely unaware of that will yeah. add some context. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah that's all right. right. You ready? I'm excited. Um, actually, before we do this, though, I mean, we got to, I feel like we got to at least, or we should at least talk about um, the tragedy that happened over in Atlanta a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, can't just go by acting like nothing's happening. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, um, a white male, 21 years old, went or in Atlanta, uh, targeted three massage parlors that are definitely known to be uh, tied to Asian people right. running and operating mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, went in with a gun, murdered uh, eight, no, s- yeah, I think eight, mm. six of which were Asian American right. women, mm-hmm. four of which are Korean American women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, last I heard, I need to be careful and like not get too mad, but I, I saw a press release from a cop the other day in Atlanta that uh, tried to humanize dude and say, you know, I talked to him while we detained him and uh, he was just having a really bad day, said he was at the end of, you know... A bad day. A bad day, no more rope. Okay. And so... Right. Um, okay. I don't know, man. I know you and I have talked about like the Asian American experience um, yeah. for a while, but I guess it's just shitty. This is just a reminder about how much people don't really give a fuck about Asian Americans in America. Um, For this entire past year, we've seen the warning signs. We've Mm -hmm. seen the tweets. We've seen people calling for help, for attention, for support. It's resulted in a fucking massacre. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be negative, but like, I'm afraid even this might not be enough to really change anything. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's already happening. People are justifying this dude's actions. You know, and we talked a little bit um, even before we went on air. Is people are saying this is just another sex addict that just happened to go overboard. Right. How do you go overboard? And this is not a racially motivated. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like you know what I'm right. saying? Like I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So he was saying he's he blamed what he did. He said he denied that it was racially motivated. And no. Said I, I was addicted to sex and I needed to rid myself of my temptation. Come on. Yeah, I, and I don't want to get to like what his real motives are, his intent, because we don't really know. But I think in a, as an observer, being an Asian American, seeing this happen, yeah. I'm, more, I'm more reactive to the response of our community, of people in our nation of saying, why do we make everything a racial thing? Mm-hmm. I've heard this all of my life. Why mm-hmm. are you so sensitive? Someone said something to me. Someone Mm. said an Asian comment towards me, called me a chink or a Mm. gook or whatever. Mm. And immediately when I bring awareness to it, it's why are you being so sensitive? Right. It's the same, it's the same narrative. This guy committed a horrendous act, a horrendous crime. And you're telling me why am I being so sensitive about it? 
you, you need to fall back because you're not really hearing me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm looking at the comments and I'm reading people's, um, you know, what, what their opinions. And I'm like, we, just, we don't get it. Yeah. We're still not completely seen. Right. And that's what breaks my heart. Yeah, the gaslighting really f- just puts me on fucking edge, right? Um, I actually Googled the term gaslighting because it's been everywhere ever since like political movements have been going on. But pretty much means when somebody convinces you that your reality is not true. Real talk. Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, okay, this, this podcast is not centered around that, but I guess I'll end with Stephen Yoon. He's an actor, he, uh, mm-hmm. most recently known for uh, being the father in Minati. He tweeted something that's been going pretty viral among the Asian community, which is... Uh, I, he said something to along the lines of, I feel like the Asian American experience can be best described as somebody who notices and cares about everybody else, but nobody notices them. Oh, that hit. That hit. Right? And I mean, okay, I'm with this. It's that like, hit. whether it's a political push in policy, mm-hmm. whether it's the Black Lives, Matter, Black Lives Matter movement, whatever it might be. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Yeah. Um, I think we, we support that just because that's what we believe in our heart. Yeah. But like, I can't help but feel like we're fucking pawns and whatever that is. And all of a sudden when it becomes about us, people forget we have our own fucking problems, yeah. our own culture, mm-hmm. our own generational issue right. we got to work through. Right. And so, I don't know. Um, yeah, we could talk about this like all day long. And I think <laughs> it is an important topic to talk Facts. about. But I mean, I'll, I'll end my sentiment with this. My mom... She just went through something a couple of days ago wow. and uh, she works in downtown. Yeah. And the crazy thing is her response to her being berated and made fun of and taunted was. Oh, fuck. No, wait, this happened a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. The whole premise of her, of her logic was I got to get over it because what am I going to do? What are we going to do? You just got to, we just got to be above it. And I'm thinking to myself, I get what you're trying to say. But that's been our whole life is these, we've always had to turn our cheek from these microaggressive comments, these gestures from people. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. when, when something goes really south, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, this has been our story. So why are we surprised about it now? What can we do? Oh my God. Okay. Um, I'll end my sentiment with this. Fuck that. Um, that just further proves how much our parents should, like what makes me so mad is these attacks are on people that just don't want to be a trouble to anybody else. And that's a perfect example of it. They had to survive. Yeah. I'm going to quote Hassan Minaj. He said, told a similar story where his dad was like, yo, this, this is the price of us coming to America. This is what we got to accept. He said, no, fuck that. I grew up here. I went to school. And so I have the audacity of believing in fucking freedom and equality for all. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll end with. Like, no, like, Something needs to be done. It's obviously not going to get solved here, but um, I guess more than anything, even though this is such a broader issue, um, hearts and prayers goes out to the actual families and, and the individuals and, and everyone they need down. because um, I think about this story and I, and I see my mom's face. You know, yeah. so. Oh, man. That's a different level. Um, different level. All right. Well, I guess... This is somewhat tied to um, the need for better leadership, I guess, right? In the past, what's going on now to drive real change. And I, I guess that's the theme of what I wanted to talk about today. That's a sexy segue, by uh, the way. Thank you. Done. Thank you. Nicely thank you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass. You've mentioned this before. Absolutely. Uh, but I, the, a big reason why I feel like I'm a big pain in the ass is I hold my leaders to a very high standard. <laughs> I think that's a result of me not having a dad. Mm. I grew up without a dad. And, um, I always sought out father figures and mentors, Yeah. but I was very, very selective about who I led into that circle. True. Right? Yeah. Very selective. Very close, but yeah. Um, and some people took that as me just being arrogant, cocky, whatever, but I mean, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, yo, this is my circle. So I get to choose who gets in here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so when I tie that back to my past traumas, um, either culturally, religiously or both. Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I look back. We talk about how me and a, and a ton of my friends grew up at the church and are no longer there. They didn't have a great experience with their pastors. Mm. Um, mm. And obviously a pastor is one person in a, in a body and an organization. But come on, man. Like, step up. Leaders, you are the face of the franchise. Even though it wasn't you, it's you, right? Mm. A good leader to me is going to share and give away all the glory and take all the blame. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um, but when I was in the church, I didn't feel that was happening. <laughs> And I felt a little bit like Kim Jong-un up there, 
you better not say nothing about me and what I'm doing here. Otherwise, you are causing dissent, sure. division, and we have no place for you. Right? Yeah. So with that, let me just ask you, because for those that don't know, um, Sam has led churches. He's been a part of churches. Um, and one of the things that him and I have talked about that I find fascinating is who are you outside of being a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. Because other people, I feel like myself, we get shit for like, yo, you're a workaholic. You need to find identity outside of life. And like, mm-hmm. okay, I see some truth in that. Yeah. But what about pastors? I yeah. think they get like a little bit of a pass. So yeah. we'll get into that. But first and foremost, it's great, great. What, what is the biggest misconception about pastors? Yeah. Right? Like there's obviously things I don't know. Yeah. So what do you think are just <clears throat> big misses when people think about pastors? Oh. Yeah. I mean, for those that don't know, this isn't scripted, so I'm coming off the dome right. on this one. <laughs> you plan it that way. We keep, we keep it real. We keep Man. it real. I, I think a part of it is there is this, whether it's spoken into pastors or leaders or mm. not, it's this expectations of you can't fail. Mm. You can't be human. You have to be above everything else, even sin itself. You cannot mess up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And so whether it's told to us or not, we have this perception, this persona that we have to live up to. And so everything has to be good all the time. Mm. That's why I think, you know, I was having a great conversation with Raymond about it. When pastors are asked, how are are you doing? Uh You're going to hear most pastors say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. And if they Uh, are struggling, it's, but I'm praying through it. You know, I'm going (laughs) to, we're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I think it, for, for pastors, we can't be fully vulnerable with everybody because mm-hmm. not everyone can handle that. You know what I mean? And so the other side of it is mm-hmm. when, you, when, when we find people that we can be extremely vulnerable with, uh-huh. it's hard because it's not a practice that is encouraged. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, if I'm, for my journey, it's always been pray harder, yeah. study harder, sure. be more diligent in your faith. Be more faithful. Yeah, be more faithful and then everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah. But then that doesn't give room for the human experience. And, and, and yes, I do 100% believe we are also spiritual beings. Yeah. But I also know that we are given physical bodies right. that are frail and it's, and it's weak at times. And, uh-huh, uh-huh. and we don't always have been given room to be extremely vulnerable. Okay. And so that's the place where I'm learning how to lead and how to be a better leader is Mm I am a hundred percent an advocate for whether you're a pastor or CEO, whatever, Uh the practice of being extremely vulnerable will help you become, will shape your character, but also help you become a healthier being. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And I think important context as well. Uh, you were recently at a church, uh, being one of the what, a, co-pastor, a co-pastor or whatever, and you're not no longer at one right now, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And so I actually, this is kind of a sweet spot over like where I kind of this is where I want to pick your brain because um, you don't have a shield you need to hold up, you know, with an emblem on it yep. saying how you defend yep. this or that. Yep. And um, so okay, so so you talked about the institution of just I guess church as a whole, mm-hmm. whether it's spoken or unspoken, you have to be perfect. You mm-hmm. can't fail. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna push back a little bit because you said. It's hard to humanize yourself because some people can't handle it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is I feel like my generation, um, we're the social justice war, We're the woke ones, right? Sure. And so what's interesting is I feel like I don't care how smart or dumb you think you are. Every human has an impeccable bullshit detector, <laughs> right? Like we can just detect uh-huh. authenticity or lack thereof. Okay. So what's always baffled me, and now that you give me that context, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I've told you this before. I'm going to respect a pastor. It might not need to be in front of the whole body, but if a pastor pulls me aside and goes, dude, I am struggling because yeah. I see some baddies left and right. I'm struggling with porn. Mm-hmm. Shit, man, I, I smoke too and I want to mm-hmm. smoke every day. Yeah. That to me reveals somebody I can trust and follow because you're real. You're a real ass person uh-huh. versus that tin can fake ass facade version. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and I'll go even a step deeper. I totally believe there's some merit to, yo, some people can handle that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Is it really about them not being able to handle it or mm-hmm. for you and your brand and for the brand of your ministry? Yeah, I think it could be a little bit of both and. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much the brand as much as how people, how people will receive you moving forward. So I think from mm-hmm. firsthand experience, I've learned. I've learned this firsthand mm-hmm. experience. It's not so much 
uh, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to share what's going on. Yeah. It's that some people will look at you, and yeah. when you preach on that pulpit, or when yeah. you yeah. try to implement this is this is a biblical kind of sentiment. Yeah. People will say, "I don't need to. I'm not going to trust you. You're, mm-hmm. you're not even taking your own word, even though you think it's right. You're not following it." And I think for some people, firsthand yeah. knowledge, it, experience, they really can't handle it. I love that you're yeah. you're able to sit before me because you know. You know me pretty well, yeah. you know, uh, but I think you're able to to receive that because we have that relationship. And so when someone just hears someone that they don't really know yeah. from a yeah. pulpit saying, this is what I've been through, whatever, yeah. without a relationship, yeah. judgment and critique becomes the forerunner yeah. before empathy and compassion. Yeah. That, and so that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like, don't you? I can't help but feel a, a reaction inside of me because that, that sounds unhealthy as hell. Like, where, did, where is the boundary drawn? Because mm-hmm. I want to live a life where I'm free from the pressure of trying to control. You can never control what people think of you anyways. Sure. Ever. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you're a leader that tries to, that's a flag for me. I'm out. Sure. But do you tell everybody all your deep, dark secrets? Do you let everybody into you, to your world and your issues and your darkness? No I, no, I don't, but I have been working hard to do that for two reasons. One, I want to be in the driver's seat of my life and kind of take back power from some sure. of those things. Mm-hmm. And then two, and I think this directly relates to pastors, dude, the more you talk about it, the more you disarm it and the more you encourage others to come out about it. Yeah, I, yeah, and you know, transparency is huge. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, but I'm talking about like that deep, vulnerable space. Yeah, I mean, sure. like, yeah, yeah. Allow everybody I got you. in. I got you. You know what I mean? Okay, even okay. To be fair, hundred percent with my real shit. You're right. I have a small circle of people that I keep trust, it close. Yeah, and I can trust that they're gonna have what's you know my best interest in mind, Absolutely. and I value their perspectives yeah. and all that. So okay, that makes sense. Um, but to your point, sometimes. Pastors don't allow even the close-knit of people in. Yeah. And I think that's your point of like, this is where accountability becomes flawed because yeah. we don't allow people in. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't allow that to happen, we can't hold people accountable. Right. And this is where certain pastors or leaders become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And when you become unhealthy, mm-hmm. that that seeps through your ministry, that seeps through your organization. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? No, I do. I do. Okay. So that was good. So common misconceptions or things we don't know. Spoken or unspoken pressure of not being able to fail and a culture of not really um, sharing that stuff. Right? We're the two? It's a great summary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that actually helps me think about things a little bit differently. Um, I'll go back to, again, my experience, which is just that, my experience. But I remember in college, because uh, we go on the topic of the close circle, mm. right? And just mm-hmm. true accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... When I saw the circle of accountability for my pastor, it didn't really seem like a real circle of accountability. (laughs) It really felt like people, I mean, if I want to be OD dramatic, I'll say we're pawns. Uh If I want to be a little bit more sensitive and diplomatic, I'll say they're a little bit more impressionable and willing to follow without question. Sure. Right? Okay. They were the ideal soldier, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't need to know. I'm not going to ask questions. What do you need me to do? Sure. And I can see the value in that of, of getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, I also see the danger in that yeah. of not ever really getting pushback or getting questioned. Yeah. And so um, let me quickly go back and say the whole culture of, of you not being able to fail and you not being able to share it, toxic. Um, I'll say what I thought felt like I just saw and talked about, I also feel like is kind of toxic or at the very least unhealthy. Mm-hmm. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're always, I mean, when you're ahead of the ship, you always want people that's going to ride with you. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, sadly to say, sometimes they can't always hold you accountable. Depending on who they are, their experience, uh, you know, maybe sometimes the people that ride with you are like your mentees, people you discipled. Yeah. So they see you a certain way. Yeah. And so when you have that lens, it's hard to tell what's healthy or what's unhealthy, what's what's quote unquote biblical or not. It's hard to tell because your lens of Christianity is given to by an individual. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's hard to kind of, you know, keep them accountable. So I don't blame or even look at people who have, you know, the people that are, you know, a part of the circle, but aren't able to hold the other accountable. I think there any organization, you need colleagues both at your level and higher to speak into you. True. You need to have that, Barnett. But as a pastor, who's higher than the head honcho? You're El Jefe. 
Well, I mean, I guess it depends on the organization or the denomination that you're from. I think for the, for, for the denomination that we're in, we have, we, have, we have leaders. We have district supervisors. We have people above us. Hmm. You know what I mean? Now, how you utilize them and how they check in on you is the other part of it, right? right. Um, most denominations have elders or counsel to hopefully checks and balance you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, it sounds good. Yeah. By practice, that's the part where we need to really push more of. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm definitely personally biased, but I'm just like, as I think back to my experience, it's like, I, I totally understand the value of like, you need people that are going to ride with you. You need to be productive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of like, if you ever get, if you ever have a semblance of like discouraging questioning, flag. And also, I'm just kind of like, yo, if you're unable to handle these questions mm-hmm. and this probing, maybe you're not fit for the gig, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's like, dude, sure. any, anyone can go into a room full of sheep and herd them. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can take real generals with actual opinions, a backbone and whatever. Yeah. And actually, like that to me is true leadership and like yeah. true accountability. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, I don't I know. Think so. I, I yeah. think that's just something I never went. Maybe it happened behind closed doors. Who knows? Yeah. But like, I just never saw that happen. And for me, that was always a huge, like, dude, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Like, yeah. who's holding you accountable? Yeah. And I remember I got um, flack for asking that question mm. on some like, well, who are you to question me type of bullshit? Mm. Right. And so. Yeah. I mean, that could, that is definitely a defensive response. I mean, there's no, and there's, there's no wiggle room around it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think if someone were to ask me who keeps me accountable, it, it stings a little bit because you got to be able to reflect and be like, man, who are the people like that I share my, my deep struggles and sins yeah. with? Because if I got nobody, yeah. that's a free reign to do a whole lot of things that I could do behind closed doors. Right. You know what I mean? That's and true. That's the that's dangers. True. Yeah. That's the danger. See, and, and this is where it's like, I know I, I, it can't all go my way or, or what I think is not all true, but like we've talked about this before as well. I'm tying this back to the whole idea um, of just the structure and the value of and all, and the, the structure and value of all that, right? Mm-hmm. Followers. I've tossed this idea to you before, which is I actually don't think leaders with it like I need to lead and what's the agenda? We need to go from here to here. Like that, to me, in my experience, has not yielded good fruit. Mm-hmm. It's really people that are just leaders by identity. Mm-hmm. I love the quote, those that don't got it can't show it, mm-hmm. but those that got it can't hide it. Mm-hmm. And when I think about myself, I'm just kind of like, or whoever, I will follow people that aren't trying to impose themselves or say, mm-hmm. rely on the name tag. Hey, check the badge, bro. For sure. I, it, the person that's living the life I strive to live, the person that is mm-hmm. the happiest, the most fulfilled, whatever, just by being authentic to who they are, sure. that's my leader. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, I, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't sense that in my mm-hmm. church experience. Yeah, and, and my deep conviction is, and this is why I got the degree that I got it in, in leadership, it's leadership isn't positional. And that's what right. we strive for. Right. Is right. if I get the position, I can tell people what you want. That's not leadership. Le- leadership nice. is understanding your influence. And everybody has influence. Right. Whether you have a thousand friends or two friends, you have influence. Right. And my hope is that as good leaders have drawn the, lead, the best leader in me out, yeah. that I could do the same for you. Bring out the best version, the best leader in Daniel out to understand mm-hmm. who you are, what is in you to bring right. that out. Right. That to me is what good leaders are supposed to do. Which, which is what you've done. And I mean, I, that, that's a good segue into this next thing I want to talk about. Like one of the reasons uh, I fell in love with you Easy, is... Um, Easy. My birthday's coming up. So <laughs> um, dude, you've been very... You, you've been my number one hype man, cheerleader, whatever. And you've, you've always spoken big, big fucking futures over my life. Mm. And you've always been someone to outright say, dude, everyone that I am influencing, I want them to outdo me 10. Sure. And that's not on some like political bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel it. That's yeah. why I'm surrounding with you. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring that up is so many things about you. The reasons that I'm drawn to you, Ray and my other homies that meet you are like, yo, something's different about this man. Mm. I feel like we're held against you. Um, now, mm. some context for the audience. So mm. Sam, I, I mean, for those that grew up in the church, you may or may not know this, but like, dude, there's a whole fucking process and system to becoming a pastor, right? <laughs> there's a whole toxic, and it's toxic. I don't know about toxic, but... <laughs> toxic. Um, there's a whole... It's like joining fucking corporate America, dude. <laughs> you you, you, you got to get a, a seminary degree. I remember when I was in high school, a pastor came in, and because he wasn't married, there was mad drama. He had a fiance, but they weren't married. Flag. 
all these okay whatever I, I'm, I'm digressing here but so for those that don't know like the, the, there's a picture perfect way to become a pastor right which is you go to a reputable seminary whatever right after college yeah. after oh so you so you need to pay your undergrad money and then pay more money yeah, man, we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't balling right now. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, yeah. so walk me through this. So you go to undergrad, this is a, a higher degree, whatever, you get your seminary degree. That's a graduate level. Graduate yeah. level. Uh-huh. And then what's the process to becoming a pastor in a church? And then depending on your denomination, you yeah. go through a rigorous, um, I mean, a rigorous process. You, you, you go through training, you have to learn their doctrine, and then you get... Wait, wait, where do you learn this stuff? I mean, they give it to you, like depending on your denomination. Wait, wait, <laughs> sorry. We, we talking about they like they're the Illuminati. Who, <laughs> who, who is they, Sam? We're talking about for every denomination, yeah. there's, there are, there's, there's a set of doctrines, there's a set of beliefs, there's a set of practices. Okay. Right? And so you, you learn these things as you grow into that. Like, oh, uh, if I'm going to be a, you know, a, a Presbyterian, there's yeah. a set of bylaws and doctrine that you, you kind of you integrate yourself with. Right. Okay, you no, sorry. I need to <laughs> – as you say this – I'm literally imagining some white dudes in robes and candles and welcome to Presbyterians. Okay, it's probably not that, but... Oh, we got a couple of those. We got a couple of those. Okay, I'm sure they exist, but okay, so let me just get this straight for everybody. Yeah. Undergrad, graduate level, you Mm -hmm. decide what, um, uh, what's the term? Well, I'm blanking on it. Denomination Denomination. you want to join. Yeah. I'm sure there's some website or number you pick up, (laughs) Instagram handle, and then there's like, it's a group of people Uh that will then facilitate manage what it means to be officially accepted into said body it's more like a pruning it's it 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 helps filter out to say you are above reproach that you know you know the bible you know jesus you don't want just anybody to be a pastor you want to be filtered and so that's their filtering process does that make sense it makes sense i just think it's toxic as hell okay and here's why here's why Mm. you think about now the trend of employment Mm -hmm. right like being in corporate America, like no one wants to work nine to five, even though that was beaten to our head, right? Mm-hmm. The, the real winners right now are entrepreneurs. And I feel like the Gen Z and the younger generations, it's almost laughed at to go to a four degree college because you're like, you're a chump. You're, you're buying into it's the true. system. Yeah. I don't need a piece of paper or somebody to tell me what I can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe on my own damn self, bet yeah. on me. And some of these people are making a fucking huge, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm hearing a lot of that programmatic structured thing mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. pastors and just mm-hmm. because I'm of my generation I'm just like yo fuck all that because f- for a while that <laughs> uh-huh. you were my pastor you didn't have a degree I didn't have a degree and fuck anyone that will tell me that you weren't worthy to be a pastor like <laughs> you get what I'm getting at like yeah. come on we're still so so there's a there's an institution to tell you if you're worthy or not to lead people mm-hmm. when I feel like that's so like who are they to be gatekeepers in that yeah, I mean, uh, I think the other side of it is that, I mean, you're dealing with people's, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with leading people, you're dealing yeah. with their soul, if you will, you're, like you're dealing sure. with real stuff. And so for, for certain organizations, denominations, they want to make sure the filtering process that you are well equipped to do that, mm-hmm. you are called to do that, and that you're not just some Joe Schmo that's going to lead a cult out of this, you know what I mean? And so that's yeah. the whole point of what denominations do. The other part of it is, like you mentioned, there are certain like non-denominational, certain Pentecostal denominations that don't require seminary degrees. Oh, interesting. Some of them don't require college degrees. It's just, let's go through a process of, let's just figure out Uh the relationship if you're really called for this. And let's walk with you to be the best type of pastor you could possibly be if you're called for it. So there's different denominations for different things. Okay. But I think the underlying thing is like, we want to make sure that, we want to make sure good people, people who are, um, who love the Lord, who love people are really going to be in the position to really lead others. And yeah. I think that's the core of the message that we want to okay. maintain. Okay. You now, know I, mean? okay, I, I see the value in that. Like you need structure and all that. I just, you know. It, I love structure. I, I know you do. I know you And it's ironic I because I grew up and, and was addicted to structure. And now I'm like full, full bent the other yeah, way. You want to knock the walls down. A yeah. little bit now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, okay, we talked about the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters because yeah. race doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I am curious. Okay, these people that are gatekeepers at these church denominations. Oh, okay. What color are these? Are the skin oh, of these people? Sucky. It's probably all white Predominantly. males. Predominantly, yep. White males. Yep. Are there women? Yep. Uh, certain denominations, you're not allowed to be. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wait, wait. I actually did not know this. Some denominations do not allow women to be a part of the gatekeeping process. Hundred percent. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, is that really news? Is, is that news? I don't know. I didn't know these hooded people even existed, bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So some people, uh, certain, certain denominations are very open. I mean, we're getting into like doctrine and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's certain denominations that don't hold, that, that, that believe women have a certain place that's oh, not in, you know, certain leadership positions yeah, where yeah. they're able to speak into men or, you know, mm. and whatnot. And so it, it, it gets... I'm not trying to dog on. Yeah, them, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, okay, we we can we can end it here because it'll it'll get. But I'm not deep. part of them. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, Sam's not part of them. No. I mean, okay. My closing thought on that. Y'all tuned into episode one. Hopefully, talked about the heavyweight that is my mom. She would go to town with. She would go toe to toe with any of those fuckers. So, anyways. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. We're, this is about you, though. Yeah. This is about you. Oh, so, okay. okay. So so going back to you. Um, <laughs> oh, the reason okay. I even asked you about this process is, like I said, at the time you didn't have the degree or whatever. Nope. And I know that the church you were at at the time, you got a lot of shit for it. And additional context, Sam's a great fucking speaker. He's, he's got it, whatever it is. Uh. He's great on stage. Um, but you don't look the part. You don't talk the part. You don't sound the part. You don't have a squeaky clean tie. You're not using perfect mm. pronunciations. And, and, all right, easy now. No, now but you get what I'm saying? Okay. No, but you get what I'm saying though, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I heard through the grapevine through other people and even experienced it to some extent a lack of credit because you didn't have X, Y, or Z. Right. And I'm just here sitting like, what the fuck, dude? Because it's because you didn't have X, Y, or Z that I feel like you connect with the people you do. Mm. Um, and so I can't help but feel, imagine the pain of you going through this journey. This is what I'm called to do and be. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what's natural to me is kind of being discouraged. Hmm. What was that like? Hmm. I think growing up, I grew up in the church and I saw pastors, man, you, if you're a pastor, you got it made. You know what I mean? You don't lift a finger. Oh, okay. From like a head honcho perspective? Yeah. Like, you know, they serve you, they pay for you, they do these things for you. And uh, you're you're, you're on this pedestal that no one and nothing could take you off of, you know, because it's quote unquote God given. And, uh, and I remember growing up, you know, you go through church pains and you go through church struggles. And I saw that, that when my family needed a pastor most, my pastor wasn't there. Hmm. And for me, I will never forget that, you know? And so when I got into a place where I felt like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, this is what I believe is, is my call in life. And that's, that's what I'm going to, um, uh-huh. Start my journey into uh, before you go, which is huge because this isn't some decision. Oh, I want to be a business analyst. Like I feel like if you want to be a pastor, this is like fuck. I'm gonna commit my life to this shit. I mean, it ain't cheap, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, so, it, so, it, it don't pay bills if that's what you ask it. Yeah. But uh, um, but I knew then what I didn't want to be. Yeah. I didn't want to be the guy on a pedestal that everyone's maybe like, look, I can't beat myself around. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be the guy that's going to be on the ground, in the mud, in the trenches with, yeah. so that you knew, man, this Jesus that you are lifting your hands up is right there with you and not just uh-huh. some distant image. And uh-huh. so that's what I knew. And that's how I read scripture. And I was like, I'm going to do it differently. Ooh. But in that, I wanted to be who, who I am. I'm not, I don't have any, I have nothing against people who wear a suit and tie at church. Yeah. If that's you, bless you. But that ain't me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got yeah. a chubby neck. Neck <laughs> ties don't fit me. I, it don't work. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't, I, I'm, I'm going to be me. I'm going to have my hat a little bit tilted to the side. Like Hell yeah. I'm going to be me, but I also want to be faithful to who God says that I am. Yeah. And for me, that works. Hmm. I don't need to be this person or that person. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I'm learning is. Um, I'm not a pastor because of my title. I'm pastoral because that's the heart that God's given me. I'm going to stay true to that. Okay. Okay. And so I'll give you real talk, but I also, you know, I'll slap you upside the head, but also give you a full, you know, embraced hug. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's um, good. That's it. Yeah, man. I'm just going to, I love that. And you know, okay. I'm going to, because this, this podcast is very much again, going to be a blend of, um, religious culture, ethnic culture and all that. But like, I feel like as Asian Americans, Model minority, whatever. We're mm. always chasing this picture or this idea of what we should look like or should be. Yeah. And I'm just, I can't help but buy into the idea more and more as I get older. Damn, what if, I'm just opening myself up to this curiosity, right? What if everything we want, every all the deepest desires of our hearts, the biggest ambitions, everything we want to achieve, what if us being exactly what we think we shouldn't be mm-hmm. is what's going to get us there? And the same thing for you. What if everything that you were told you need to 
turn the volume down a little bit, is right. what's going to make you the best fucking pastor possible. Right. And I think there's cultural cultural implications to some of these things. Yeah. Some of it, like, you know, when you grow up in an immigrant church, you're, you're taught to, you know, posture yourself a certain way. Sure. You know, if you don't revere the pastor or if you don't go to early morning prayer at the buck crack yeah. of dawn, like, yeah. you're not being a good Christian, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and some of the things are just very cultural. That's just not biblical. And that's the stuff you got to tear down. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I remember growing up, I mean, we were poor. We were broke, yeah. you know? Um, a family of six in a two-bedroom apartment. Like, we, we were taught if you, if, if you give, if you tithe, if yeah. you serve the church, God will bless you in this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the whole yeah. premise of serving was to get something yeah. in return. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's the whole mantra of the immigrant experience is mm. you give, you do. And then maybe someday... Man, you know what I'm saying? That. So oh. that's why I'm like, that's that's not that's not God. That's not what the yeah. Bible ever said. You so know? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Really glad. I actually forgot about that. So I think the the official term for this is prosperity gospel. Oh boy! Right, which mm. is believe in God and shit's shit's gonna work out. Yeah, you're gonna get something in return. Okay, so this actually like boils my blood a little bit because I grew up. I want to tread carefully now. Mm. I'm not coming at you or whatever. Mm. I grew up being told, um, you know, pr- effectively, you follow God, you follow the church, shit's going to work out, whether it be financially, romantic, whatever, right? Um, and I was also taught to believe that, like, don't love money. You can't have two pat- masters, and <laughs> right? Rich people and successful people are demonized. Yeah. And so I grew up humble means as well. And to be honest, I didn't have a lot of successful, wealthy people around me. Mm. And I think that created this toxic culture of let's demonize them mm. because they don't know that they need God. Why would they? Mm. They have money, right? Mm. My ultimate point being is this. When I went to the churches I went to, I almost felt like they looked down upon or shitted on the mega churches mm. of the pastors that were balling and living life. Mm. Now, I can kind of see why, like, mm. oh, who are you really helping? Sure. But at the same time, I'm just like, dog, you're living a poor ass life. Easy. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like every pastor I had struggled with finances or whatever, they mm. demonize success. So, okay, so that means for me to go to heaven and have a relationship with God, I have to give up my desires, ambitions of success, mm. wealth, and all this. And it's only not until later when I left the church and I started to listen to the Judas Smiths and all these other people mm. rocking Gucci shit looking fly on the stage. Mm. It's always the immigrants and the have-nots, if you will, that were kind of shitting on them. Mm. And I'm just like, again, I can see the weight of why you think certain things. Mm. But, bro, there's a reason they have 5,000 people showing up every Sunday and you got 20. There's a reason you're so unhappy with your situation. And they seem to be very happy and fulfilled. Now, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. They have their struggles and their demons. But do you get what I'm getting at? Like, it's like there was Mm. that disparity of, like, wealth is bad Mm. when I'm just like, dude... While you're sitting there preaching against the wealth, oh, I see, I see. other mm-hmm. people are doing real shit and making yeah. real change. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Judas, like, he's he's connected with Russell Wilson, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, and yeah. say what you want about Kanye yeah. and all of them. Yeah. The fact that someone at his caliber came out with an album, said yeah. Jesus is king, yeah. is going to do more than half the pastors in this world. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line in a sense. Like, in one end, it's like, be careful for wealth, but we also welcome people who are wealthy because, well... Tithing buckets get a little bit more filled. You know what I mean? <laughs> that too. And that so, too. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think there is a danger when money becomes your number one value. Sure. But at the same time, you don't want to discourage people who have been, you know, gifted with the, you know, with the heart of entrepreneurship or right. we're going to be CEOs, man. Shoot, I, I pray that for, for people around me. Right, right. You know, and ultimately, yeah. as you get big, you give big. And, right. you know, I think there's, there's just got to be a... There's got to be a give and take, you know. You sure. can't discourage. You can't discourage one without right accepting the other, right. you know. And right. and I'm sorry that you had to. You, you felt that way. And, I mean, uh, thank you. Not on you, but I mean that that's just another example for me where I felt like, and I do think it had to do with the whole immigrant, um, the cultural aspect of it as well. But it's mm-hmm. like. Um, my experience of the mm. church was just so disconnected from reality where I'm like, dude, there's so much happening out there and you guys are acting like this ain't the, the that's, truth. That's that's real talk though. And so, interesting. That's okay. the part that I think we need, we, and I'm including myself, need to do a better job in. Mm. You know, I, I think in my season now, I've, I, I'm able to see and experience life outside of, and I'm going to say this graciously, the church bubble. Because mm-hmm. when you, all you see is the church bubble and all you know are just, 
just Christians, mm-hmm. man, you get, you're missing out on what other people, real people are, I'm not saying Christian people aren't real people, yeah. but yeah. people on the outside are really going through what they feel. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's not just this sugar coated message of everything is going to be fine. Right, right. There's a reality to the struggle and there's a reality to, to wealth and all right. those other things that right. I think we, the church needs to build credibility in. I agree with you. And, and you know what? I, I want to bring up this other idea, which is our topic and idea, which is, yo, the church, um, it's been a dry as hell millennia <laughs> when it comes to innovation. Oh, the yeah. model of church has been the same forever, right? Oh, man. And again, oh, don't want to shit on white people because skin color does not matter. Uh, but who created this fucking structure? Who mm. created this idea of a pastor needs to be at this role, do these things, and then da 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 Historically, you're not wrong. You're and, not wrong. And the reason I bring that up is every church I've been a part of, the, the pastor is the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just it. He's at the top and there's nobody else. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, if I look at some of the newer and more successful companies, people are flexing and delegating depending on what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Why, why, isn't, why, why didn't the church I go to have a pastor whose strength was the internal operations, yet you have another person who's speaking on Sundays that might not be the head pastor? Yeah. Because their strength is speaking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like you divide and conquer based on what you're good at yeah. versus just subscribing to this ancient model for the sake of subscribing to this ancient model. Yeah, and I think that model has carried over into the today where a pastor has to be everything. Right. I think that is a great point where, you know, when we talk about, you know, being vulnerable and some of the misconceptions of pastors, pastors have to be your dad, your mom, right. your counselor, right. your doctor, right. your phone a friend, like they have everything. to be everything right. because the model and the system is what bred you to believe that. Right. And I think that's a great point that you bring up. It's that's why we that's why we fall. That's why we fail. Right. And whether we want to admit it or not, it's a whole different story. But I I am at a point in my life where I've realized things gotta look different. Right. It has to be strength based. It just has to be. Right. And that's why like, I go back to leadership because I'm like, yo, if you're a head pastor, I'm hoping you're secure enough in yourself and your calling that you might need to accept the fact, hey, man, I am nice as hell on defense, but I can't I, – I got no jumper. It's so, hard. So I need to bring someone in to shoot that jumper. It's hard. Right? Hard. And like I don't know. Again, I, I'm, I'm being critical for sure, but like, dude, you got to be held to that high standard because you're yeah. a leader. Yeah. Um, now, because of all this pressure – this, the head pastor is typically everything, like you said, yeah. right? All those things. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually super unhealthy, the pedestal the pastors are held on. Mm-hmm. Because even when I listen to podcasts or interviews from like the most successful, but also the realest and most grounded celebrities, they'll say humans aren't meant for this type of shit. Humans are not meant to be glorified like this, worship like this. Yep. And so if home dude over there who's not Christian is making millions, has this wokeness and pastors mm-hmm. don't, what the hell is, you know what I'm saying? So Agreed. like, so what do you think about that? Like that, yeah. I mean, on a, on a, on a selfish end, I'm like, that'd be nice. Yeah. I pay my bills all the time. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Get a bigger boat. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like on a, on a, on a selfish personal level, I'm like, yeah, to be ooed and odd and loved and revered. That's is, real. It's a feeling like no other. That's real. But on the other end, that's where we fall. Yeah. Period. I don't care who you are. I don't think... I don't think we were made to handle that much power and platform yeah. and prestige. It doesn't I matter who agree. you are. I don't care if you're, if you think you're the holiest of holies. Right. When you have that type, temptation is greater because you have more to lose. Right. And I think that's where we see without accountability, without, you know, the practice of vulnerability and et cetera and you know, all these other things. Yeah. We see on the news time and time again, like our, our comrades just falling like flies yeah mental health becomes an issue they're depressed yeah suicide becomes a real issue addictions yeah. infidelity oh my gosh it's a real thing yeah i mean okay i'm not gonna name names here but like I mean, this is tying in well this is this is a natural progression um going back to the what we started with like there's a culture if you can't fail you can't share your struggles mm-hmm. obviously recently ish a major major big time church ministry big time head pastor big got time. caught cheating with, with somebody in the church i think or right no. no outside okay caught cheating yeah um and church says snip snip bro you're out mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. fired him yeah and again like this is just me i'm open to different perspectives but like dude that i i just i don't believe that god or jesus would agree that that's the route to go why mm-hmm. because you mean to fire him to fire him mm-hmm. because for me what would have meant more is mm-hmm. if they rallied around him yeah addressed the body and said listen i fucked up 
Because being being a human is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Life is tough, y'all. And I'm not any different than you. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I'm gonna ask for your forgiveness and grace. Yeah. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. Because again, I'm just like you. Yeah. But I'm still here, and I'm willing to work on myself. Yeah. I'm willing to better myself, and da 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 da. Yeah. But that obviously wasn't done. It was for the brand, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this is why I'm just like, dude, something's wrong with the church. Yeah. I think I think if on, on a if. The perfect circumstance or the normal circumstance, if that happened, that'd be true. But this circumstance is a little bit different. I'm not going. We're going to say. We're going to say. I mean, we talk about Carl okay. Lentz on the. I mean, I mean, you know. Yeah, sure. So I mean, the, the story when you peel that onion is is, yeah. is messy because he's been cheating for years. Different women. Uh-huh. There have been reports of him lying, and it's it's he's been unhealthy for a very long time. Interesting. And so I think on a on a circumstance, if that was his first time and there are things that are unhealthy mm-hmm. that he confessed to, 100% support the man. Yeah. There's got to be restoration during his time, 100% without firing him. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't the case for him particularly Interesting. where he's been given chances, he's been yeah. abusive for years yeah. and uh, you know, cheating, lying, yeah. etc. It was time for him to go. And that's why it, was, it seemed brash because it seemed yeah. like that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And so I think you're 100% right. But I think for this particular circumstance, it's uh-huh. different uh-huh. because this dude has been effing up for a long time. Right. And to, put, and to leave him there would have been more damaging to him and his family and congregation. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. But like, let me go. I think this all goes back to that toxic culture we talked about where pastors have this pressure of you can't fail and you can't talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And let me be honest. Now, I'm not defending dude. Right. Like. Yeah. My heart goes out to his family and his kids. And oh, all. dude. 100%. I can't imagine, right? 100%. But you know what I think is more interesting is not, why did you lie to us? What I'm more interested in is, why did you feel like you couldn't come to us? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a different lens of like, dude, I get it. He fucked up. But instead of just pointing the finger, maybe you need to examine yourself of what, what, what could have we have done to provide a space for him to have come sure. forward versus doing that. And sure. so, I don't know. In a lot of ways, I guess what I'm saying is every time someone fails, they're just thrown in as a scapegoat and they fall mm-hmm. on the sword. And yeah, they fucked up, but life is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, am, do you guys really expect me to judge this man for lusting over women when it's baked into our fucking DNA? <laughs> like, come on, dude. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. I just, that gets me a little hot. I'm yeah. just, cause, cause like, even if I think, when I think about like, um, uh, divorce rates mm-hmm. and like, I got raised in a bubble where people didn't talk about cheating and those that got caught were demonized, sure. right? Yeah. I grow up and I'm like, damn, shit's happening left and right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I can't help but feel that because it's so taboo, that's why it happens more. Yeah. My friend who might be cheating, not saying anyone is, but if they feel like they can't come to me to talk about their temptations and their struggles, they're mm-hmm. going to be isolated and they're going to fall into that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was more open and there was more space to talk about it, I don't think it would happen nearly as often, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no, it still would. It still you would. Think so? I, I, I get what you're trying to do. Yeah. I get what you're trying to say. And I think it's very graceful that you're trying to even almost stand up for pastors in a way. It's kind of weird. Because <laughs> at one point you've been hurt and now you're yeah. trying to like, sure. you know, uh, uh, help give a, a different lens. But like you said, leaders are held to a different standard. Yeah. You know? And I think as a leader, as you deeply reflect, as you deeply get into the place where I want to be exactly who I need to be, uh, called to be, yeah. not just for other people, but yeah. to be faithful before the Lord, yeah. it does something to you. Interesting. My, my beef with Carl is that you yeah. allowed your brand to be bigger than everything else. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like he told this girl that he was a sports agent. You know, like I mean, he's probably making sport agent money. Uh, I mean, maybe more. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, we got to create space for pastors and leaders to be vulnerable, to find the help. Right, they're just humans. Hundred percent, they're humans. We need to hold that. Yeah. At the other end, we need to uphold the the position that we have and say, yeah, yeah. I need to be able to, even if it's not created, I yeah. need to create that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I do. And so I, I would hope. Yeah. So my thing, my position is this, Carl. That could be me, bro. Mm. I don't. I don't hold mm. him to his to a place that's like, oh, you're a bad man for doing this. Yeah. You done effed up, yeah. you know. And and just because you lost Oscar Whip doesn't give you the excuse to right. to cheat, right? Right. That's that's not an okay excuse ever. But I think if we hold the position that's wrong, you're wrong. Yeah. That'll never be me. Yeah. You're a fool. That could be me. And I want to walk in humility and say that could very well be me. And I right. want to be able to say, look, my brother, I'm gonna pray for you, but also I, I want to be able to. Yeah hold that mantle and say, I need accountability in this too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, that, that makes sense. How are we doing on? Okay. I think, um, 
I guess last thing I'll, I'll kind of wrap up with, it's interesting to me because pastors are, they kind of sit in their own category because um, I've been defending like grace and people are human, but at the same time, like leaders have to be held to a higher standard. Yep. Donald Trump is human, mm-hmm. but him saying all the bullshit he said very much led to this. Barack Obama couldn't say everything he wanted to because he was a, the president Lost. of the free yep. world. Right? Yep. I get yep. that. Yep. But I feel like when it comes to pastors, I'm like, dude, you're not a leader of the free world. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, ease up, man. You're yeah. a human. And in fact, you humanizing yourself might be more effective. Yeah. And again, they're in their own category where like, even as a leader of the free world, that's very earthly. But there's like some, this supernatural spiritualness that comes with the pastor. They almost get magic sauce on you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I feel like that's just not the right way to do it. Or there needs to be like a revisiting of like rotating pastors or something because of that. Like, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think about that whole pedestal magic transcending I mean, I say this now, but I'm like, got to go. I mean, mm. the whole premise of Jesus was to serve and not be served. You know what I mean? Oh. And I think that's kind of what we've, maybe we've lost sight of. You know, we want to be served. Because when Friends. you get a taste, you, you want a budget card. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be taken out and taken care of right. as you take care of others. Dude. You know I, what I mean? I'm like, thinking about Korean families. Pastor would enter my house. You would think the goddamn king of Asia. <laughs> Dude, cut fruit. My oh, mom vacuumed yeah. the house thrice. You yeah. better put, have your good oh, clothes yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, for sure. And, and all of that. Um, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like we're, we're reaching our dedicated time limit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think we can get into it more in, in a further episode maybe. But I guess thanks for keeping it real, man. I, I mean, honestly, I'm learning aspects of being a pastor that I didn't realize. And, and I'm sure I came at and still do come at things a little bit more intense than is warranted. Yeah. Um, but again, this is, you're giving me the room to, to come at you and, and at pastors and, and give For me sure. the perspective that you have. Yeah, so. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. We in this, we in this for a long haul. So I love it. I love you. I love it. Um, all right guys. So hopefully you found some value and some interest here in, in what we talked about. Um, stay tuned. We're going to be back for episode three. Peace. I'm going to be a tit out. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put it work. So that was episode two. Big shout outs to everybody that's riding with us so far. Please, guys, continue to comment, like, subscribe, and share the word. Next week, we're really fucking excited to tackle the topic of identity and fulfillment. Two things that I know just hits different for every single one out there. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care where you are at in life. Those two things just seem to be really fucking elusive and difficult. Um, And I'm kind of convinced those are things we are going to be chasing our whole entire lives. So excited to get into that. It's probably going to be a multi-parter, maybe two, maybe more. We'll see. Um, Nevertheless, stay tuned because it will be Daft Flames.